Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Hello, friends. Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Ma. This is your daily look at the cybersecurity news overnight with a little opinion and education thrown in the mix just for kicks and giggles. As always, thanks so much for taking the time to download, listen, um, share the podcast with others, uh, and tickle the podcast algorithms wherever it is that you download podcasts uh, in the world. So again, thanks so much for taking the time. So let's get right into it. I have seven news articles. Most, a lot of good news today, honestly, from if you if you like bad guys going down from a, from a good, nice, good guy's perspective. So this is from cyberscoop.com. AJ Vicenz reporting, FBI and British authorities seize infrastructure of the LockBit ransomware gang. An international law enforcement operation on Monday seized servers and disrupted the infrastructure used by the LockBit ransomware syndicate. A government official confirmed to Cyberscoop after websites used by the ransomware group displayed messages they'd been seized. An operation carried out by the FBI and the UK's National Crime Agency together with a range of international partners took control of a site used by LockBit to leak data belonging to its victims, the group's file share service and communication server, various affiliate and support servers, and a server for LockBit's administrative panel, the government official said. A LockPit representative, of course, confirmed the operation in an online message posted on X by VX Underground, an online malware repository. FBI pwned me, the representative said. The takedown is the latest in a string of FBI operations targeted at disrupting cybercrime and cyber espionage infrastructure across the rule under Rule 41, a legal framework that enables the FBI to access computers across multiple jurisdictions and modify them. Last week, the FBI announced the takedown of a Russian military intelligence-controlled botnet. In January, the FBI disrupted a Chinese botnet used to penetrate sensitive U.S. targets. LockBit first emerged in September 2019. Um, and is believed to be the world's most widely used ransomware variant. The takedown operation against LockBit raises questions about how lasting it will be. That was going to be my question. Previous operations against such groups have seen their operations temporarily disrupted, only for the groups to return using new infrastructure. In December, the FBI seized some of ALFV's infrastructure, but the group unseized it, and a version of the site remains active. So that's going to be the point, right? It's good they do these things. You have to do these things. You have to. It's whack-a-mole, honestly, uh, and LockBit will be up and running. I'm sure they had backups and everything that just that that you should have like that most companies have so that when these things happen they have to anticipate it and they will be up with new infrastructure going forward but it's good to see that um, the fbi and the uk's national crime agency and, and other international partners are working together to find these sites and actively have the capability to take them down seize them because that's i mean it's all you can really do is disrupt uh, and hope that they get sick of it and move on but chances are they'll be locked but will this will not slow them. It will slow them down. will not stop them, but it'll slow them down. And that's really kind of all we can hope for in this day, the way that cybersecurity runs. So good for them. From SC Media, or I'm sorry, scmagazine.com rather. The FBI's most wanted cyber gang boss pleads guilty. This is from Simon Hendry. Uh, and a Ukrainian national who helped run the notorious Zabber, Jabber Zeus and Iced ID malware gangs and spent almost a decade on the FBI's most wanted cyber fugitives list has pled guilty in U.S. court for, to racketeering and wire fraud charges. I cannot even pronounce the guy's name, so I'm not going to even make an attempt. His last name is Penchukov. 
held leadership roles in the two gangs between 2009 and 2021, during which time they were responsible for infecting thousands of computers, costing victims tens of millions of dollars, prosecutors alleged. Um, Iced ID rather was responsible for a 2020 ransomware attack on the University of Vermont Medical Center, which cost the facility over $30 million and left it unable to provide many critical patient services for over two weeks. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, that's actually, I believe that's University of Vermont. I want to say that's the same hospital my, my dad passed away in, but so, so good. I hope this guy goes to jail for a long time. Anyway, known online as Tank and Father, 37-year-old Petrukov was arrested in Switzerland in 2022 and extradited to the U.S. last year. So, yeah, that's pretty bad OPSEC if you're going to go to a country that has extradition um, with the United States. But, hey, good that it worked out. Uh, there's more to this article if you want to take a look at it. As always, any article mentioned in this podcast is listed in the show notes. But, again, good day for the FBI and for other law enforcement across the world. The bad guy is going down. So thumbs up to them. Hopefully, doesn't say how much time he got. He just uh, he pled guilty, so he will get uh, sentenced later on. Um, and he's being charged or he at least appeared in court in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, why they pick there, there must be another particular victim of this group there. Um, but hey, good good luck for them. It does say he faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison for each count. He will not do that much. Um, if he does 10, I'll be surprised. But any time is good time, if you ask me. Cybernews.com, Ernesto Snapper is reporting. I installed top the top 100 apps and my Android phone contacted Russia and China at night. So this is a warning call regarding apps, especially if you have Android machines. Now, to say that this is not going to be a problem with iPhone is probably not right, but let's take a look at what the article says. Uh, here's the subheadline: Could your phone be sending data to Russia and China without you knowing and while you're sleeping? Question mark. Well, it probably does. Mm -hmm. The experiment idea was simple. Take a factory reset Android phone, download the hundred top free apps from the Play Store, Google Play Store, start them once, give them the permissions they ask, and then leave the phone connected to the internet for 24 hours unused. To check which servers, when, and where the phone would connect to, I routed all traffic through a private DNS service. DNS is like a phone book for the internet. You ask DNS how to reach cybernews.com, for example, and it provides the needed IP address where to go. I even went an extra step of creating new empty accounts for Google and social media apps, including Facebook and TikTok, and authorized them where it was possible. On the Google Play Store, the top 100 apps differ depending on your geographic location, changing constantly. The experiment was conducted in the middle from Europe, middle of Europe, from Lithuania. Strangely, the X app was not included among the top here. It was listed at 125. The quality of the installed apps deserves a dedicated discussion. But in short, most of them basically do the same thing. They flood the phone with notifications and serve you ads, which are sometimes interrupted with gimmicky features, such as turning on the flashlight, doodling, viewing PDFs, or prank calls from Santa. So it does say during the three days of the experiment, my phone contacted various servers 6,296 times, sending that sending that many DNS queries. Uh, the phone connected to Russian IP addresses at least 39 times. I didn't even have any Yandex apps installed, but the phone was reaching out to Yandex servers. Among the visited servers were remote.appmertexyandex.net, a bunch of other ones you can take a look at, but those are basically uh, in Russia, clearly. As far as China, it says he had Alibaba and AliExpress installed. And of course, they, they reached out to Vietnam in this case. Um, Big tech tracks the most. Every 37 seconds on average, the phone makes a connection to a server. 22,323 queries were sent during the last 24 hours when the phone was not used at all. So here's the point of this. When you download apps, 
and you give it the basic requirements it's asking for, for notifications and all that stuff, you are basically opening up to say, go ahead and reach out and talk to the world if you want to do so. If you have TikTok, it's reaching back to all sorts of Chinese servers. Uh, there's a there's a subparagraph headline here that says apps suck data. Absolutely. Um, so the key here is the more apps you have, the more ha- you have them on. Um, they have excessive permissions on by default. And it's a pain in the butt to go in and, and undo those permissions. But that's what you want to do if you want to protect your security as best you can. And at the end of the day, we're not. We are giving up too much data. Not, And this is just Android, right? And, and, and ch- iPhone will do the same. These apps will do the same things on iPhone if you allow those permissions to go. So just keep, this is a good learning experience to keep in mind that your phone your tablet sends out tons of information. If you don't want it that sending that information, you have to actively go in and turn off all of those permissions. Um, actually, I think in my, my upcoming book, I mentioned this about social media apps and turning off permissions, um, but that's coming uh, whenever the book comes out, whenever FBI headquarters approves me to be able to publish it, which is some good times. But all right, anyway, so be, be aware of that, right? So be careful what you download, be careful how many permissions you give to it. Cyberscoop.com, Derek Johnson. Tech companies pledge to protect 2024 elections from AI-generated media. I only picked this just so I could say, yeah, okay. 20 major tech companies committed to policies to make it harder for bad actors to leverage AI to influence elections. A coalition of major technology companies committed on Friday to limit the malicious use of deep fakes and other forms of artificial intelligence to manipulate or deceive voters in democratic elections. The AI Elections Accord announced that the Munich Security Conference outlines a series of commitments to make it harder for bad actors to use generative AI, large language models, and other AI tools to deceive voters ahead of a busy election year across the globe in the coming year. Uh, now, let's see if it says who those particular companies were. That would be fantastic if it identified them. But uh, I do not see that here. It does not say who they are. So hopefully it's the important ones, right? It's uh, I assume it's OpenAI is one and probably Microsoft with their new um, co-pilot AI and all that kind of stuff. So will it stop it? Will it decrease it? It depends, right? It, it depends on which side of the eye you stand on. If a left-leaning entity uses AI to disparage the right. No one's going to care if it's on the right and it disparages the left. It'll be all hell breaking loose. That's kind of how this is going to go. Um, I will say, okay, I apologize. I just found a paragraph that says who does who was involved in this: OpenAI, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, TikTok, and the social media platform X. Will they? Whether they do or not, who knows? Um, they have the capabilities to do it. Again, I think it'll be based on. Um, political, what their political stripe is, which choice they choose to make, that's going to be the problem. But um, will it be a big crisis? No. I, there was a headline that said AI in the coming crisis of deep fakes. It's not a crisis. It is a manipulation of technology to do something that's already been done. It just makes it easier. Uh, let's not let's not make it more than it really is. All right. ArsTechnica.com. The EU accuses TikTok of failing to stop kids pretending to be adults. Yeah, no kidding. TikTok becomes the second platform suspected of digital services acts breach. The UC, European Commission is concerned that TikTok isn't doing enough to protect kids. Are they really concerned that they think that's the case? Yeah, no kidding. Alleging that the short video app may be sending kids down rabbit holes of harmful content while making it easy for kids to pretend to be adults and avoid the protective content filters that do exist. They say this like this is something new and shocking. It is not. This is the case. And the point here, I'm not going to read any more of this article. Parents, watch your kids. This is where this comes down to. If it's up to the parent, it's not up to technology companies to, to, to be the guardians and stewards of kids. Now, they can make it harder. Sure. They can change the algorithm so that they, 
they can identify harmful content better. I agree with all of that, but it's still, this is the requirement of the parent to, to take an interest in what their kids do online. You need to be your parent, your kid's protector, not their friend parents. That's and, and I'll say this with another article I have here that says a fifth of British kids have broken the law online. This is from Phil Muncaster at infosecuritymagazine.com. These two articles kind of go hand in hand. British parents and teachers have been urged to educate children on the dangers of low-level cybercrime after a new study revealed one in five 10 to 16-year-olds have committed offenses online. The National Crime Agency study claimed that the figure rises to 25 percent for children that are online gamers it is said they often don't realize what they're doing is breaking the computer misuse act low-level crimes could include downloading software to access another person's device yeah attempting to access a protected server that's called a network intrusion mine something used using save card details in someone else's account that's called fraud and theft making in-game purchases without the permission of the account holder that is theft launching distributed denial service attacks against online services if i say that if they don't know any of these things are not crimes then your parents are not doing a good job Get on your kids. Protect your kids, for God's sake. That's kind of what we're talking about here. All right, lastly, bleepingcomputer.com. Bill told us, North Korean hackers linked to defense sector supply chain attack. In an advisory today, German Germany's Federal Intelligence Agency and South Korea's National Intelligence Service warned of an ongoing cyber espionage operation targeting the global defense sector on behalf of the North Korean government. And this is really interesting because North Korea is becoming a much bigger actor in cyberspace in, this, in the sense of all the stuff they do. It used to be they were kind of did cryptocurrency to help fund the regime, but they are moving now more towards towards China and Russia level uh, espionage activities. But the attacks aims to steal advanced military technology tech information to help North Korea modernize conventional arms and develop new capabilities. Um, the advisory highlights two cases attributed to North Korean actors. One of them, you can guess it, the Lazarus group. We talk about them all the time to provide tactics, techniques, and procedures used by the attackers. So, um, the advisory lists the following steps that are being used. They breach web server maintenance company, stole SSH credentials, access research centers, Linux web server, downloaded malicious files, connect, conducted lateral movement, established other servers, and did all the stuff that bad guys do when they do supply chain attacks. So welcome to the party, North Korea. So uh, if you're in the defense industrial base in the U.S. or you do national uh, national level intelligence uh, anywhere else, the North Koreans are another entity you need to pay attention to, find intelligence about, and protect yourself from. That's going to do it for today's episode. As I'm running low on time, know that knowledge is protection. If we understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Thanks again for listening. We will be talking again tomorrow. Have a great day. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by Cyber Guy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com. Or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.